0: Probably first and foremost is a, a very slick functioning website. Um, nice, nice and simple, people to, to, to navigate around it very easily um, and ultimately be able to book in a, in a straightforward manner. We have a, a key safe on, on the outside of each pod and when anyone books, they receive the key code um, for, for that key safe and they, it means that we don't need to have somebody on site and, and to, to manage check-ins and it means that, like you say, there's no labour cost there.
1: If you could give one piece of advice to uh, someone who is thinking of starting a glamping site to operate it completely remotely, what would that be? Hello and welcome back to the Glamp podcast. Uh, today, for the fourth time, I believe we've got uh, Ali, your co-founder of NC500 Pods and Glamp uh, The first time, I believe we spoke about just uh, what it's like to own a glamping site. The second time was, I'm struggling to remember now. Oh yeah, the, the, the biggest mistakes you'll make on on your glamping journey and how to avoid them. Then it was only a couple of months ago, I think, that we spoke about searching for land. And I'd recommend if anyone is thinking of starting a site and they haven't got land, they go back and listen to that because there's some really good do's and don'ts on what to do when you're looking for land for a glamping site there. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about what it's like to own a glamping site, but specifically to operate it remotely. Ali, with his business partner, Callum, uh, set up NC500 pods in, was it 2018, I believe?
0: Yeah, started in 2018, but opened in 2019.
1: Yeah, and that's run completely remotely. Uh, It takes a little bit of work, but... Uh, it's pretty much a form of passive income for them. Um, obviously, they've obviously got someone running on the ground. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today, about how you go about um, implementing systems that allow a glamping site to run itself so that you can free up your time to work your other job or, you know, run a business like Glampette, like uh, Ali and Callum do this isn't just useful for anyone who wants to run a site completely remotely because obviously you might want to run it completely on the ground, um, but you might also want to take a holiday from time to time. You might be ill from time to time. Um, So it's always good to have these systems in place um, so that the the business can run without you when needed. So, I mean, we might as well launch straight into it because we've covered your backstory and anyone who wants to know a bit more about that can go back to listen to the multitude of episodes that we've got with you, Ali. Um, So, Let's just go straight into it. What are the key aspects you need in place to operate a glamping site remotely?
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, well, um, f- probably first and foremost is a, a very slick functioning website. Um, nice, nice and simple people to, to, to navigate around it very easily um, and ultimately be able to book um, in, a, in a straightforward manner. Um, you, you touched on this earlier that, um, you know, there's two ways to run a site like this. You can be quite hands on and manage the bookings yourself through phone calls. Or um, the, other, the other method we see is um, inquiry forms that are, that are based on, um, you know, digital kind of websites and things like that that, that, that you can go into the website, fill in a form and the, the owner of the glamping site will get back to you and say, yeah, but I, can, I can book you in there, no problem. It's quite um, labor intensive to do that. And uh, also, you know if, if like you say, if you're on holiday, it means that you're, you need to find somebody else to do that for you or you're not taking bookings. And um, also means that for people who want to book a stay with you that maybe live in a different country or, or in a different time zone, um, they might not be able to book with you. So it's, it's a barrier to booking in some cases. Um, and um, the opposite's also true as well that when you when you're asleep and you have a, a remote system, um, you can take bookings and not even know a thing about it but you've been making money while you sleep and that's quite nice to wake up to um, but uh, but yeah the website's the the most important one so uh, we have a channel manager system on our website um, it's not actually part of the website but it is it's hosted elsewhere and there there is a it's, it's built into the the website so that it looks as if it's there Um, It it does all the clever stuff. So it will manage the the bookings directly from uh, people visiting our website. um, And it will also communicate with um, other booking channels. So by booking channels, I mean booking.com, Airbnb, TripAdvisor, Expedia, um, any other website like that you can think of, you can usually connect them with a channel manager. Uh, And what that does is when somebody books on your website, It's a central calendar, Um, so it's BEDS24 is the one we use. Um, So somebody will book on our website and the the link from the website to BEDS24 will um, block out that date for for that pod. Um, and That will prevent a double booking on the website. But the clever part comes where it speaks to all of these other channels and blocks out the uh, the same dates um, on uh, booking.com's website, TripAdvisor website, all of that sort of stuff but it's two-way communication. So if somebody was to book on TripAdvisor, say, um, the, the signal comes back the way to, to Beds24 to, to the channel manager um, and blocks out the dates um, off so that people can't book direct from our website or any of the other channels. So um, it's, it should be a fail-safe system. Um, and um, it also manages all of the booking confirmations as well. So we don't have to do that. When somebody books, they will... Um, Receive an email automatically that has all of their check-in information, um, any other any other pertinent information about what they what they need to do in, with regards to their booking, and really hands off. Um, and so you mentioned the backstory a, a few minutes ago. So um, at the time that we were planning the site, um, it was pre Glampatech days. Uh, we both had full-time jobs, and uh, we couldn't commit time to to doing this, um, to to managing a glamping site um, as well as fulfilling our our, our roles in our, in our day jobs. So we had to build a system that was completely autonomous um, and completely remote. And the the website and the the integration with the channel manager really allows that to happen. That is that's the first most important piece that that makes it all work um secondary to that and um the absolutely not uh, any less important piece is to have somebody local who can manage the site day to day so it doesn't have to be somebody that is um happy to speak to to the clients and see how they're getting on but obviously that that helps that's a nice touch point um, but uh, you know you need somebody there that can do the changeovers to, to clean the units after the last guest is checked out prepare the unit for the next next guest that's going to come um, and um, you know any other things on site that need attention? Does does the barbecue need cleaned? Um, is there a hot tub to to drain and refill and test the water? Think, things like that. So um, you need to have somebody you can trust, and trust there is really important. They need to be you need to understand the the level of service you're trying to give, um, and you know execute your your plans, I suppose. So so that's probably the next most important part is having that that network of people, or in our case, it's one person that kind of manages everything else
1: so just on that point um i believe you you went through a few people that you're trialing for that role weren't you and it took you a while to land on christine who we actually interviewed a good few months back now so anyone wants to know what it's like to actually be the person on the ground running the site and they can go and find that as well but you you did go through quite a protracted process to find her We, we
0: did um we we started off with um somebody that owned the local laundrette um, and we actually went through two businesses like that, they owned a the laundrette and they had local cleaning contracts for um, Airbnbs and people that have um, bed and breakfasts and guest house and things like that and they did a good job. They, they were, were not, not necessarily cheap in some instances and um, you know cost was always something we were negotiating with them uh, and the it was something that we learned is that it's a big job. We have you know, four units on each site. Um, if you have nightly bookings, you're generating a lot of, of laundry and um, you know towels and bedding and whatnot. It's a big job and uh, the costs can be you know underestimated quite easily so um, we we went through like you said a couple of people before we found a solution that works better for us. Um, and um, we're really happy with with the way things work now and, you know we've i just said christine was on the podcast and has chatted about how she finds working with us and um you know it's we're, we're very lucky to have her She's, she does a great job so so yeah that's that's the the kind of the next most important part um, but linking it back to the website um the the channel manager will also um, provide information for christine so it doesn't just speak to the, the person that's booking to say this is this is the date you're coming this is what you do when you check in um Christine also receives a separate email to say the same same sort of information but tailored more for you know how many people are coming how many sets of bed and bed and linen and bed linen sorry and towels do we, do we need to to have prepared so really most of it um most of it comes back again to the uh the channel manager through the website so that's that's probably the most important part, I think, um, for the, the remainder of, of what we talk about. It's going to be hard for me not to come back to this time and again, but it is the part of the operation.
1: I think we are going to come back to it straight away because you mentioned uh, when uh, a guest uh, books, you know, could be watch or asleep uh, and they get all the details they need for their stay. Now, obviously, the, the pods are locked for obvious reasons when, when people aren't staying in them. Um, so do you uh do, do the guests come and pick a key up from christine physically or is there an automated system that they use to, to minimize labor costs there as well
0: um yeah you you're right there are options there um and initially when we were planning the site we 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 had a reception hut um, in the plans which is there we, we did build the hut um, but we use it for storage not for reception um we hadn't sussed out the system then um but but yeah basically no they don't pick up a key um we have a a key safe on the outside of each pod and when anyone books they receive the the key code um for for that key safe and they it means that we don't need to have somebody on site and and to to manage check-ins and it means that like you say there's no labor cost there but also it's flexible for the customer they they can arrive after a certain time whether you know i I think typically check-in starts from three uh, in the afternoon but the guests can arrive anytime they want between you know, after three o'clock um so that, that makes it convenient for them especially when they're probably out um sightseeing and enjoying themselves there's no there's no rush to be there for a certain time before somebody logs off for the day so so that's quite good um that, that has worked well and we we rotate the 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 numbers every so often to you know for security um one, one thing on that most insurance companies, don't like you leaving the keys in the box for extended periods of time. So when the cleaner um, is finished um, preparing the pod for the next guest, the key is popped in the, in the, the safe and locked. Um, and if there's not, not going to be anybody in the pod for a few days, and luckily we're being very busy, so that hasn't really happened, um, the key needs to be removed to kind of satisfy your, your insurance policy. Um, but yeah, no, it works with the key safe um, and it's that's worked very well. Um, the only time that has fallen down is with some of the other booking channels that I mentioned. So sometimes the automated process, um, it does work, but sometimes that it requires our guests to check um, on booking.com, for example, that that's, that's where they'll get their confirmation. Um, and they need to have acknowledged the message on booking.com to understand where, you know to, to get the code. Um, and if they don't, we've have had a couple of people turn up um, and have not been able to access their pod because they don't know the code. Uh, luckily, we have a system for that and there are phone numbers for people like Christine um, who can who can help and they're always on hand. Um, and it's just a case of having that, that out of hours service um, so that if people do turn up late and can't get in, we can give them the code to do so. So uh, that's really the only small issue we found, but 99% of the time, there's there's no issue at all. and. Um, it's been a, a really good system that means that as you say um there's very little input for for calum and i and um, which is good because glamper keeps us busy
1: and one word you said there that stands out to me is the word system um it seems quite a common theme uh, amongst all this if you are looking to operate a site remote remotely you need to put these systems in place um i think Callum mentioned it in the last podcast we did with him as well it's all about systemizing your business so it can run without you um as i say whether that's completely without you remotely or whether that's if you need to go on holiday or if you're, you're sick as well uh, having those systems in place and those back backup systems like that so that there's always someone on hand uh, if necessary um you mentioned as well earlier that you've got a, a storage hut uh, how does that come into play for, for you for uh running a site whether that's remotely or if you're on the ground too
0: yeah so um it's just it's just flexible. I think that, that's what it, it allows us to be. So we have um, a change or at least at least one change of linen for each pod on standby at all times. So typically we have three sets, so one in use, one on standby in the storage hut and one probably away being cleaned. Um, but what it does allow us to do is that it means that we can have different people come and clean the pods each day um, and you know they, they, they've all got the same access to the fresh stock. Um, but we also keep um, consumables in there so things like teas coffees biscuits things like that they all, all all need a place to live and you know glamping units are pretty small so they, they don't tend to to fit everything inside so having a storage hut's really handy um cleaning products um we don't have a daily pickup for laundry so dirty dirty bed linen and towels will be stored for a day or two perhaps in the hut so in 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 you know appropriate kind of laundry bags and will be taken away and, and cleaned so it just allows us a bit of flexibility um and um you know in a remote location where doing things every day can you know be quite challenging and expensive in terms of transport costs and things it just that that flexibility is something we absolutely needed so um, even even down to things like having a few tools and a few um if you maintenance items here and there can really help and the other thing that was very useful um, was we also have our electric meter in there so the power for the site comes into the hut um, and you know goes, goes through the meter and distribution board and everything and then goes out to all the pods same thing with our, our satellite broadband the, the dish is mounted on the hut um, so that it's not mounted on anyone's pod or anything and um, again same thing into the hut and then it's distributed out to all of the pods so it acts as a, a little a little hub really for all the power and telecoms as well as just a, a storage unit um, but it's it's been um it's been very useful to have that that space mm-hmm. and then the
1: last little point we we're going to discuss was um maintenance so you know the people who set up a gun for they might think themselves quite handy diy that kind of thing so they might be able to sort that themselves but if someone is like me, completely useless at that kind of thing, and they wanted to set up a site and run it remotely, uh, how would you go, or how have you gone about um, organising the maintenance
0: side of things? Uh, So, again, we've been quite fortunate. Um, Christine's husband, that we mentioned earlier, Christine, um, she um yeah her, her husband built one of our sites um so is has his own construction firm and um is very handy with this sort of thing so we're, we're very lucky to have christine and and her husband to, on hand to help um but yeah again it's just about finding somebody in the area that is able to to help and, and building that relationship with them and again this can help with planning applications as well you can you know you can you can have this on your planning app to say I'm going to need a handyman. I'm going to need somebody to do the laundry. I'm I'm, I'm bringing money into the industry, but uh, into the economy. Sorry, and potentially you know, um, increasing employment in the area as well. So it's never going to be a massive impact, even on a smaller small community. But it does help, um, and uh, we we have um, other other local businesses that help us too. So even things like um, landscaping, we have. Um, a gardener that comes and cuts the grass, and having having somebody that will do that on a monthly basis keeps the site looking much better than it would be if if I was to go and try and do it myself. So even even now that my day job isn't um, is related to, to to this business and to and to Gland Protect, uh, I'm still not up there every month. Um, I don't don't visit the site that often, so I can't do things like that. And um, the cost is very low to have a local gardener cut the grass once a month. Um, and like I said, it makes the place look much better um, more of the time. Um, so really, it's, it's preferable to do it that way, whether you're, uh, whether you're on site or not, I think, unless, unless you really like cutting the grass. But, uh, but yeah, in terms of other maintenance, um, there's not really too much to go wrong with the glamping pods. Um, certainly not yet. Our, our units are still pretty young, they're in good condition. Um, they need a little bit of TLC once once a year perhaps. But uh yeah, overall it's not been too big an issue. And um in terms of overall remote operation of the site, it's all worked very well, um, which is just as well for us because as I said, we're we're not there all the time. And uh part of part of that is um you know intentional. Um we, we wanted to to build it that way so that even if we this was the full-time job, we don't have to be there all the time. So um depends on your intention um the, the other the other the other options we've mentioned for operating the site not remotely and being there is is valid too if that's if you're if you're moving out of the city to be in the country and you want to have a nice little business that's hands-on that that's also great um but i think the most efficient um means is to operate it in a way that can be autonomous um and i think that's the way you're going to maximize your occupancy because like you say you can you know receive bookings any time of the day 365 days a year Um, and and um, it's easier it's just hands off there's there's enough to keep you occupied uh, managing a site without having to um, manage the bookings as well and um, the other the other little bonus that I can think of is I know if I was to be doing the all of the bookings myself I would probably get myself tied in knots with double bookings and uh, this this system we have um removes that human error so um, I'm very glad to have it. <laughs> Perfect and you might have you might well have answered my
1: question uh, in that in that last little bit there but moving on to the broader questions that we asked towards the end of the episode um, what is the best thing about being uh,
0: someone who operates a glamping site completely remotely? Um, I suppose the best thing is that it allows you to get on with the rest of your life um while still operating a, a, a successful profitable business um yeah really i think the, the, like you said the reasons we've touched on the, the there's lots of advantages to, to doing it that way and um yeah I'm, I'm very glad that we we did set up our site like that so that we've been able to devote almost all of our time to, to glam protect and um you know we've, we've talked at length in other other episodes about what glam protect is and how how it's changed over the years and how it's had had success. And, you know, with, without the automated systems for North Coast 500 pods, um, we wouldn't have been able to devote so much time to, to making LabTech what it is. So, um, so yeah, it's it's time, I think. It buys you back a lot of time.
1: And the obvious next question, what's the biggest challenge uh, that you faced when uh, operating a site remotely or setting it up to operate remotely? Uh,
0: I think it's, it's understanding how to operate the channel manager and set it up correctly. Um, it is there's more and more these days, they're designed to um, be easy to connect to different channels like your booking.coms and Airbnbs, but it's not easy, it's not always obvious. All of these other channels have their own ways of operating and you have to learn them all and make sure you're connecting them properly to your channel manager. And um, even, even setting up the channel manager alone um, isn't easy. There, there are ways to um, set up things like the nightly rates um, to have a, a seasonal fluctuation so that you're, you're able to charge more in the summer than you are in, in, maybe in the winter. Um, you want maybe want to set it up so that over Christmas and New Year or bank holidays um, that you're able to charge more. And that's all doable. Uh, and it's quite easy to set it all up once you understand how you're doing it. But but learning that system, um, if you've never done it before, is quite hard. Um, so luckily again it's it's somewhere that um, you know the whole ethos of glampitect is we want to help people set up their glamping sites and that is a service we offer so we we, i think at the moment we're helping four different clients set up their their website and channel manager system so it is something we do we have some some expert knowledge in it now i would say and uh yeah if it's uh, if it's something that sounds interesting please get in touch
1: Absolutely. And the standard last question that we ask all, well, I guess, I think you've been asked it three times already, but we, we always give it a little tweak depending on the episode. If you could give one piece of advice to uh, someone who is thinking of
0: starting a glamping site to operate it completely remotely, what would that be? Um, well, I said we'd get back to it, but it's um, it's having that website and having the um, the vision for how you want your website to be and how you want it to operate and um understanding how a channel manager can um assist you with that goal and how best to set it up Um, and if it is all of a mystery to you and um it's something that you know you want but um you just can't quite figure out for yourself and it's not easy um then like i say do get in touch we will be happy to help fantastic
1: now we need to find a few more guests um before we get you on for a fifth time i've, I've sent out a few uh few uh, emails today so hopefully we won't be seeing you for a long time ali but you, you never know i'm sure you'll be back on for a fifth time at some point so thanks for giving up your time again no problem thank you for listening to another episode of the glamour tech podcast i hope you enjoyed and that you found value in today's episode If you did, feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts as it really helps us move up the podcast rankings. Thank you.